Millennial Way, a podcast made for the on-the-go millennial, giving you tips and advice on how to up-level your career, teaching you the things they don't teach you in school. When they ask why, just tell them it's the Millennial Way. Here's your host, Chase Coleman. Guys, welcome back to the Millennial Way. I am so excited for you guys to be back here with us today. I have a very, very, very special guest on the show today. I mean, I call this guy my little brother. He was a teammate of mine back when I played at Stetson. And I mean, when we met, it was like we instantly connected and it was automatic brotherhood from then on. I will have this guy in my life for the rest of my life. And guys, if you ever get invited to my wedding or when you see pictures, whenever that time happens, Charles will definitely be there. So without further ado, I'm very, very excited to introduce Charles Wallace from, oh wait, he just started his own podcast called The Rolling Up Podcast. And guys, you need to go check that out. I'll have that in the show notes. But Charles, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you today. Thank you for having me, bro. I appreciate it. Dang, man, it's been, I, oh, it's been a long time coming, man. It's been a long time coming. It really has. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've been talking about this for what, like the past like month, month and a half. Ever since you got started, I was like, hold up, Charles, we got to get this going. We got to get you on this show. <laughs> like, everybody wants a piece of the superstar. <laughs> oh, my. I wouldn't say all that. But guys, Charles is is one of the hardest working people that I know. He is now currently a student at the University of Florida getting his master's degree. Charles, can you tell everybody exactly what it is that you're doing right now? Yeah, so I'm getting my master's right now in fisheries and aquatic science. I know that kind of seems like fisheries and aquatic science, but here at UF, they like have a lot of the different programs lumped in together. But a majority of my research work is going to be on quantifying oyster ecosystem services for best management practices. Oh, so wow. I'm just trying to like put dollar amounts onto the benefits that uh, we can get from our ecosystem so we can have smarter management plans when we do restoration and different environmental things. Wow. So if I'm hearing you right, you're basically helping businesses and government entities become smarter about how they spend their money in aquatics? Yeah. Well, how they spend their money in restoration and wildlife restoration. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's, man, that's a huge piece of research right there. I mean, like you're doing something that's going to end up helping governments, I mean, helping the United States in general, maybe the globe, just kind of save money on this and and really become more efficient, right? Yeah, that's the whole goal, to have efficient and effective management of wildlife so that we're not wasting money, but we're also accomplishing the goals of restoring our environment, saving it for for our future. Now that's amazing. And what what got you interested in that? That's a very uh, specific thing to to go back to school for. So my undergraduate degree was in environmental science, but I kind of got started on this path. My freshman year of high school, I took environmental science. I loved the class. I had a great time in the class. But my sophomore year, I transferred to Macaulay, and I went back to my old school to you know say bye to all my teachers and friends. And my teacher, my favorite teacher, she told me that I would be nothing more than a used car salesman. And wow. 
I was like, I was like, fuck that. Like, I was like, I was like, nah, fuck that. I was like, I love this. Like, I'm I'm about to throw myself into this all the way and like see how far I can go with this. So right now I'm getting my master's. If it's in my plans to get my doctorate, definitely gonna do that. So that's just where where it picked up. Like first it started like I'm gonna prove her wrong, and then as I kept going and going, I just fell in love with it, and, and here I am today. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I feel like stories like that always kind of start off with one to two to 20 people doubting you and just kind of taking that doubt. And instead of going down, going up and saying, you know what, forget you, I can do this. I can definitely do this and I'm going to. And I feel like for me, that was kind of how I started actually becoming really good at football. You know, like I grew up playing basketball and my dad is a huge basketball person. I mean, I grew up in a basketball family in general. And as I was getting older, I realized that one, I was more athletic than a lot of other people and that I could do a lot of different things. And man, I remember being in high school, like my freshman year, playing varsity basketball and everybody being like, oh yeah, Chase, we remember you played football, but uh, we don't think that you could actually play on the high school level. And then I was like, you know what? I'm about to show y'all that I could play some varsity football as a sophomore. You should have told, told them, shut their mouths, because the fat corner is in the house. Exactly. What they know. So I came out there and then ended up starting as a sophomore in varsity and then ended up playing where we met, you know, at Stetson playing division one college football. But at the end of the day, it was like, I got to get on this mission to prove everybody wrong. Because at the end of the day, like if I'm not doing it for myself, then who am I actually doing this for? Right. So let's talk a little bit about how you got to UF. Cause I'm sure a lot of people are curious about <laughs> like how you get into a program like that and all of that fun stuff. And I remember when you reached out to me, shoot, was it like seven or eight months ago before when you were applying or maybe even a year? Yeah, it was, it was about a year ago for real. Yeah, and, it was. Uh, I think it was like a year. And you hit me up and you were like, hey, like, I know that you've been helping people out with resumes. I know that you've been really trying to, you know, get people to that next step. And once I saw your resume, I was like, man, you've done a lot of great things in this world. We just got to package it up to be perfect for for your application right can you tell mm -hmm. tell everybody a little bit about the process of like what we did with your resume and then how you went about applying to end up going to the university of florida inevitably for free i mean shoot you got to stipend yeah. yeah so this is so it's kind of it's all about taking risk and shooting your shot like i know it sounds cheesy like shoot your shot but so how it started was i had a teacher at delaware state he kind of when I took his class, I was a junior, it was football season, and I would come to his class just mangled after weights and stuff, after practice. Like I broke I broke my thumb that year. So I would come in with like with like a cast on. He would be like, You alright, you okay? Like, I'm good, man. He just took like he just took a liking to me and I guess he just seen he just seen how I just put my hand down, I didn't make excuses. Like if we had a test or something, I would I wouldn't try to take the test after we got back from the trip. I was trying to take it before. So just trying to, trying to just the same competitiveness that I have on the football field. I try to, now that I'm not playing football, I try to take that into other aspects of my life. Like I always want to try to be the best. Like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do, I'm going to do something big. And yeah. so he told me that there was a PhD program at Florida that was looking for students. And I, I literally sat in my room. I was like, maybe I shouldn't apply. Like, I don't have my master's. 
they're just gonna they might laugh at me but yeah. I, fuck I said i'm gonna talk to chase i'm gonna see what i can do to get my resume straight and literally the day before i just i just grabbed my nuts and i was like i'm gonna send it in and i sent it in <laughs> and they got back to me and he told me he said look we probably we can't bring you on as a phd student he said but we can bring you on as a master's student and so that's how it happened I love, man, like, I can't tell you how proud, excited I am for you, because the fact that you were willing to just put yourself out there and say, you know what, I'm not, I don't know if I'm qualified for this PhD position yet, but you know what, I'm just going to go for it anyways, and they saw that, and they saw your resume, they saw all the amazing things that you've done, all the holy crap research you've done, I mean, every time I look at your resume, I'm like, oh, sheesh, like, that's a lot of stuff. And I was doing that while I was playing football too. Like, like it's funny. Like, people people would laugh at me. I would because I used to work at like this fish facility on campus. So I yeah. would come back. I would come to class sometimes smelling like fish just from work. People would laugh at me. Damn, you smell like fish. Is that the third? I was like, I gotta get this bread. I gotta do this because if I know if I put in the work now, it's gonna pay off later. And so you just see the returns, man. You do. And that's one thing that I think is is important. Right. And I think that that's actually very valuable is that you are able to say, you know, what? I don't care what anybody else is saying about me right now. I'm 20. I'm 21. I'm 22. I'm 23 years old at this at this point in time right now. You can make fun of me for my dreams, for my aspirations, but I'm going to go after it regardless of what you guys say. Right. And when I think about shoot, like my career journey, when I wanted to work for Starbucks, it was for nobody else besides myself. And I was like, I mean, there were times where my roommates would be like, let's go, let's go on the lake, let's go hang out, let's go do this and that. And I would hang back and I would work on my LinkedIn, I would work on my resume, I would try to network with people, I would have phone calls with people I had never met before who worked in corporate America that I was just trying to get like any type of tips and advice. And I just remember my friends being like, damn, Chase, you're being lame tonight. Damn, Chase, you keep being lame. And I'm like, listen, call me lame, call me whatever. But at the end of the day, like I'm going to achieve the goal that I set out on. And as long as I can go get that, it doesn't matter what you guys say, because at the end of the day, this goal is something that I set for myself. I didn't set that for you guys. I didn't do this because I want to look cool or because I think it's cool. I'm doing it because it's cool to me. And shoot, like forget you guys. Right. Like that's how I felt like at, at DSU, like, I felt like some people thought I wasn't all the way committed for football. But, like, when I was involved with football, like, when I was – when it was time for football, it was time for football for me. And then when it wasn't time for football, it wasn't time for football. Because at the end of the day, coaches get fired. Things change. You have to graduate in four years. Like, they're not going to pay for you to go to school forever. Like, exactly. you have to you have to get it while you're here. And Exactly. I mean, do you – were you there – so Stetson, I think it was my junior year. So it would have been your sophomore year. Um, when I flew up to New York that Thursday night, missed Friday uh, walkthroughs and came back on Saturday morning for the game. That was that? my freshman year. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. that. Freshman year. So I remember walking into Coach Hughes's office because I hadn't. So I was lucky enough to get an interview and an invite with L'Oreal, one of the largest CPG like um makeup manufacturers in the world right and i had gone through a couple of interviews with them throughout like the last couple of weeks and then i finally got the opportunity to actually fly out to new york network with some of their senior vice presidents and meet a, a bunch of the people from the finance department because 
dumb chase at the time thought that he was going to do finance. But um, I remember walking into Coach Hughes' office and telling him like, hey, listen, I have this flight to New York. I'm asking for your permission to see if I can go. But this is what I want to do at the end of like when the ball goes flat. We always talk about what are you going to do when the ball goes flat? Like football is mm-hmm. not going to last forever. There's such that small percentage that makes it to the NFL. So what is everybody else going to do? We all have to get jobs and become, you know, what we like especially, to call. Especially at a school like in a school like Delaware State, like literally from both of our schools, it's been one person to go to the league in the past five years. And that's it. Like, out of, you know, 100 people on a team in one year, so call it 500 people, there's one that goes. That's such a small percentage. And the fact, that, the fact that Coach Hughes was so willing to let me go because I was like, I'll be back for the game. I'm just missing Friday workouts. Like, I had set it up perfectly, so I was missing the least amount as possible while still getting that opportunity. It was just like, it was perfect. And I'll tell you this, I didn't get that internship with L'Oreal, but I learned so much from interviewing at L'Oreal and also going through their dang case case competition where we legitimately had a full case that most businesses take three to four weeks to work on. We had two hours to work on this thing and I was sweating. Boy, I was, that was the most nervous I've ever been because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But at the same time, like if I didn't go take that leap of faith and also say like, this is my priority, this is why I came to college, then shoot, I don't know, honestly, if I'd be here where I'm at today. Exactly, bro. It's all about taking it's taking that risk. Is that is that that moment where where you just have to you just have to be uncommon. Like you like when like when I sent in that application, when you went in to see Coach Hughes, like it's just that moment it's that moment where you can take that when you take that breath and you're like, should I do it? You're like, I gotta do it. And then you just do it. Exactly. And that's I like to always tell people to be vulnerable, be very, very curious, and to always chase after your dreams with like full intensity because that doubt goes away after a little while, right? Like I think about where I'm at today. I just got promoted again, and now I'm working back in marketing. And I was confident enough in my skills to voice it around the office with people to say, hey, like, I I think I'm ready. I have the skill set. I know that I'm ready. And it might have taken some while, especially in corporate America. It takes a while for people to actually voice things and for things to actually get moved through a little bit. But I'm telling you, Charles, after a little while, I ended up getting pulled aside by who is my manager now. And essentially, he didn't even interview me for the role. It was just kind of like, are you interested? This is what it's all about. This is what you would be doing. Do you feel like this is a good fit for you? And then after a couple of conversations with him and then he had with like, the higher ups within the um, the organization, and honestly, like other people advocating for me, they gave me the job in a heartbeat. And I was just so taken back and by the fact that like things happen that way, because I had always heard, oh, well, like you have to interview five times and you have to make sure your resume is always up to date and all these different things. But moving internally and getting promoted to go do exactly what it is that you want to do is not necessarily that difficult when you attack it with full intensity and you're vulnerable enough to say like, Hey guys, like I'm raising my hand over here. I'm ready. I want this job. If you give it to me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you down and couple that with the fact that you've proven yourself already. Right. I mean, and I think that's something that everybody knows kind of comes with it is that you have to be proven in order to actually like validate yourself. Mm -mm. My dad, my dad, he always tells me 
what is for you is for you. They like if something's for you, it's gonna be for you regardless. It don't matter. You just gotta go do it. And Coach Holt at Stetson actually, he honestly he gave me the greatest advice. Um, just be just be yourself. Whatever happens is gonna happen. Just be yourself, regardless. Because people people are gonna accept you for who you are. People are gonna see what you can do, your skills on your own merit. They can either accept that belief or they can reject that belief. But you just gotta you just gotta be yourself, my You're spot on, bro. You are spot on. You know on. what you can do, you know what you're capable of. Just go out there and just be yourself. Take a breath and be yourself. Exactly. And you know what's what's even better about that is that people, especially nowadays with social sharing, right? Being able to go onto Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and see all these crazy things that people are doing within the world and how they're quote unquote living their best life and you want to live that. But how artificial is so much of that? You know what I mean? Like I just got back from Europe, you know, when I went in October and when I went out there, I met so many amazing, genuine people. But when we were in Ibiza, bro, we met so many like European models that, and don't get me wrong, they were gorgeous, right? Like you walk up to them and you're just like, Oh my Lord, like you are, you are stunning. But at the same time, I met this girl and she's from Italy, but she travels around and and basically just parties all the time. But we had this like very deep conversation in the middle of the night, which kind of got, it came out of nowhere. But anyways, she was telling me about how she's so unhappy and that the only time that she's actually happy is when she gets over 15,000 likes on her Instagram photo. And I was like, wait, you're only happy, like, say that again like I was so taken back and she was like well I get to go do all these cool things these crazy things sit in VIP and be taking pictures of every day and all this stuff she was like but all the people who are around me don't actually talk to me and they don't actually like me for who I am they like me for what I look like and for what they think I can be and all of my ex-boyfriends liked the idea of me but never really liked the really liked who I am and for me I was like I couldn't imagine living my life and not being happy with who I am because of the fact that like I have to wake up and go to bed <laughs> with myself every night like right. I, I have to look in the mirror every morning and like get ready and shoot I mean every morning when I get ready I like to think I'm like oh I'm fresh I'm looking good today I'm about to go into work looking looking clean but I couldn't right. imagine like looking at myself and being like damn like who am I you know what I'm saying exactly like what is my place switching switching gears a little bit um I want to hear about your podcast man what really made you want to start a podcast? What is the Rolling Up podcast? Who's it geared for? Like, just tell us about it because I listen to it and I'll tell you this, when you open up with the music, I am hyped every single time. I'm like, this man, Charles knows what's going on. Man, so for me, it was something that I wanted to do in high school, but I just never, I never took that breath and took that step to do it. And just over Christmas break, I was at home and I was just like, why not? Why not now? So I just started. And basically, like you mentioned the music, like I try to have music or I have music on every podcast, just different songs that I like and songs that like my guests like. My guests are just my friends and people that I know that that are just doing cool stuff in their life and and just just hanging out, just talking, catching up, give a little motivational talks like. Just, yeah, it got just like kind of what we did, like how 
how were people how did you get to where you are and, and what what drives you so just figuring that out with people is fun and and hearing the reactions from people is is great the the feedback is great so i like it that's awesome that's awesome and you said you wanted to do it when you're in high school and just never got the buck to do it when i think about my podcast it's the same exact way bro right like you have this self-doubt in yourself that nobody really wants to listen to you your voice might not be good enough man right. it's actually kind of a lot it's actually a lot of hard work so i don't know if, if, if this is if the juice is worth the squeeze right because you just don't know how people are going to react and then once you get into it i, I mean quite frankly like I'm pretty much, I would say, addicted to it. It's just so much fun yeah. to be able to, to speak with different people throughout the country, my friends who I've connected with, like, throughout my entire life. And, and like you said, kind of hear about all the cool and different things on what they're doing. And for me, it, it's always about, like, showing that there's not just, like, a formula to success, exactly. right? Like, sure, it, the, the principles might be the same. Hard work, belief in yourself, um, vulnerability, taking advantage of opportunities. But how you go about all of those four different principles can be so different. And I swear, like every CEO, every executive that I've ever talked to, all of their journeys are so different, whether they jumped through different like departments, whether they went straight up. So, dude, like, first off, I commend you. And I'm like, super proud of you, because the fact that you're willing to be put yourself out there, put your face out there on the freaking Internet, like you know what how quickly memes get started like <laughs> you never know you never know all right so i love that charles and what we're going to do now is we're going to switch gears one last time and we're going to talk about me and you how we met our relationship i mean i think personally it's one of the funniest relationships i've ever been a part of in my life you're right. the goofball i've ever met it is because when we were in school Y'all had the crew. Ooh, yeah. the crew. Yeah, y'all had the crew. And then <laughs> we had my group. We had my group, right? We was UPG. But people, like, I remember people used to always, like, call oh, us. They, they used to call us, like, the junior crew. <laughs> oh, my. Bro, you remember that? We used to play y'all in basketball. Bro, we oh, really used to be competing with the crew. <laughs> Oh, I mean, well, what was funny was the fact that, like, we were all athletes, right? Like, I, I have some freaking stories. I remember when I first met you, I think one of the first stories I told you was about Coach Young and how it was our first practice, and we were on the opposite side of campus because the field house was not done yet and the, the uh, meeting rooms weren't done. Right. So Coach Young went over meeting time. It was his fault, by the way. And if he's listening, yeah, Coach, it was your fault. Fifteen minutes over. So we had no time to get dressed, no time to even be on the field. And this man, like, it was like the 1980s. Like, I felt like we were in Remember the Titans because this man was in his Ford Explorer chasing us down the street as he made us run to the locker room. He was like, run, run, run. Y'all better not be late, man. I Once that happened, I had no idea what I was getting into. And then, like, shoot after those years went by and I became like a junior and you guys came on campus and we were able to see like the fresh breath of air from freshmen I was like man y'all don't even know how bad y'all have it let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> bruh like I just remember practice like we used to always fight in practice for some reason like people will always just be trying to throw hands in practice 
It's because it's way too hot in Florida. Right. It's way too At hot. Six in the morning. <laughs> in the morning, it's like 100 degrees and people are hot. And it's like, man, I just woke up and I got to be out here smacking heads with people. Not to mention that we had to do tackling circuit. And for for those who don't know what tackling circuit is, imagine five stations of just head-to-head contacts for like 25 minutes. Now, what type of sense does that make? Bruh, do you remember that fun run, though? That Sunday morning after oh. like that first, after move-in weekend? Bro, I was slumped out there at the end during stretches, bro. I don't understand like what was going on with me, bro. Oh, my Lord. Well, I mean, like, football just breaks your body down, and, I mean, we could dive into that later, but, I mean, going at it for the full season, it's a freaking grind. That's for that's for yeah. damn sure. That's hey. For damn sure. But back to the yeah, crew and UPG, because if I remember correctly, there was one night that we all went back to Spencer's house, and we were hanging out, doing what college kids do, and I just remember you passing out on the chair and then waking up, and we just – like continued to rage in the house and we had maybe like 15 people over there and once I saw that I was like yo this man Charles he can hang he is my <laughs> little brother bro this if there's if there's anybody besides my actual biological younger brother who could be my younger brother it's Charles man because this dude can get up and just go rally bro, that's what you have to do <laughs> hey hey I would it would be wrong of me if I didn't bring up the greatest homecoming party in the history of homecoming parties that Chase Coleman threw at his crib my freshman year after we beat Marys. Can I, so let me just tell you about how stressed I was over that party, right? So for everybody, this was, Stetson is a, is a very small school. I mean, 3,000 students, maybe. And I was a huge fan of the movie Project X. I mean, I still am a huge fan of the movie Project X. So I wanted to throw some type of party like that. We had a big three-bedroom house. It was about 10 minutes off campus, a little bit far for people, but I was going to make it happen. So I grabbed, like, my my two roommates, and we I was like, guys, we got to throw the biggest homecoming party ever. Like, if this is the time to do it, we're going to do it now. We got the best house to do it. People want to come here. Like, we could get the word out. So it was, like, a month before homecoming. I started vocalizing like, hey, you guys got to come through 1553 Ave. Like we're going to have this big homecoming party, kegs, all this stuff like that. How I was going to make it happen, I had no idea. But I was like, I got to get everybody on the same page and coming through. So once we got the buzz going, we started collecting money. We ended up getting like three kegs. And then we had one buddy who was able to like open up a keg and made Red Bull vodka in the keg. I mean, like, I don't know if you remember that, but it was freaking wild. I do, bro. Bro, I remember remember Bones came through with all those cigars. Like, they broke the fence for the bonfire. Like, Oh, yeah. Bro, I mean, remember uh, we broke the table. So somebody was dancing on the table inside the house. No. No. And then this is what happened. I'm going to tell y'all what happened. Because I didn't see it. I saw Zach and Louie taking the table out to throw it in the fire. This is what happened. So the table was in the middle of the dance floor. I was on the table. It was just me. And then the receivers decided that they was going to get on the table too. So um, Zach Robinson, all these people got onto the, got Robbie, right? It was Robbie. All these people got onto the table too and started jumping. I got off the table. 
Next thing I hear, the table, boom, hit the ground. Bruh, I'm telling you, it was them, bro. They broke the table. I seen it with my own eyes. It was all the YBG receivers. They broke the table. <laughs> I just I just remember walking into the house, barely getting into the house because there's a million people there, and seeing Zach and Louie literally just walk right in, pick up the table, and bring it right outside. Like it like they didn't care. And I was like, if y'all don't care, I don't care. We don't have a family table anymore, but we good on this one. And bro, bro. going up to that party, like I remember walking into the field house that morning at like 8 a.m. to get ready for walkthroughs and I had 70 text messages already and I was like man I'm not gonna be able to get to all of these with the game today and then when as from that time to when we got on the bus I had over 700 text messages from people saying like is it still cool that we come through what's the address blah 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 and then during the game when we're running into halftime Louie my roommate grabbed me and goes yo, everyone here is coming to the party. And I remember looking at him and going, I need you to just start replying to text for me. And he was like, throw me your phone and I'll figure that out. So literally, like as we were running out from halftime, and remind you, this is Division One college football. Like it's not like- This is a game. This is a game. This is a game. This isn't like we're talking about practice here. We're not talking about practice. We're not talking about meetings. We're talking about a damn game. Yeah, it wasn't like it was like the preseason scrimmage or something. Like this was a this was a live this game was close. <laughs> and this was you're right, this was a close game. We were winning at the time. And I just remember running out and tossing my phone to him and seeing him catch it and then open it and, and his eyes were like, What in the world is going on? And then shoot, I just remember again like our post game meal after a nice dub against Marist and then shoot like I went straight back to the crib and Louie had my phone and was like I had to stop replying to people and I just put uh posted on your Facebook but party's still going on we'll see you in a minute bro I just remember like after the game me and Craig we just sat down at the 50 we just look at the fireworks start going off behind the scoreboard and we look at each other we're like damn this about to be a good night we just started laughing we're like this about to be a good night (laughs) Bro. And then, like, we're running off the field, right? And there's, like, there's a couple students on the field. Like, they're, like, jumping on us. I'm like, oh, shit, it's about to go down tonight. Bro, and then that, I think that's the most hype I've ever seen Stetson. Bro, it was so crazy. And then I remember, like, two cops walked through the party. Like, while the party was going on, just walked through. And they were just like, hey, can you turn the music down real quick? And then they were just like, oh, <laughs> just make sure you're not parked on the street. And then, uh... Yeah, drive safe. Make sure you're not driving drunk. See you guys later. And then they just left. I was like, well, what the hell? Well, what was crazy is like, and this happens in every situation. Everyone's always like, go talk to Chase. 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 And I remember one of the cops walking up to me and going, are you Chase? And I was like, oh, my God, my life is over. Like, I'm done. I'm done. This is this is it for me. And he goes, this is the most people we've ever seen in DeLand in one house. You've done something here. And I was like, excuse me, sir? And he goes, this is great. We can't shut this down. Um, so can you at least make sure that people aren't driving home drunk and that they at least pass out here, if anything? And I was like, yes, sir. I promise that we will make sure no one's driving home drunk. And he was like, all right, awesome. Thanks. Have a great night. Bro, you know never. I was like, I don't know if I could throw a party like that ever again, just because that encounter right there, my heart dropped all the way down to my stomach. I was like, I could have pooped out my heart. It was so bad. <laughs> and you know, it's crazy, right? 
Ain't nobody drove home after the party. Everybody no. drove to Brick House. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone went straight to the bars for the 30 minutes that it was open after the party ended. God, that was – I. if I could go back to college, man, I would definitely do it. I do think – everything that you and I did while we were in college, you know, as much as we, as much as we partied, we had our sights set on our focuses and our goals and we still were able to, to get that done. And I think that just validates everything for all of the college students who listen. It's like, enjoy your life. You know what I mean? Like my little brother's in college right now and every once in a while I'll send him beer, wine, margarita money, whatever it may be, just because I remember what it's like to get that $20 on a Friday night or a Saturday night from somebody and be like, oh man, like I'm rich for the night. Like I'm about to have a good time. And like, I see what my little brother's doing where he's able to go out and enjoy college while still like getting straight A's and be like magna sum laude and all that, all that crazy jargon, like the, the good stuff, obviously. And I'm yeah. like, man, like go enjoy your life because it's so short and you only have four, four years, maybe five years, some people six, seven, 12 years in college, like enjoy it while you're there. Because once you're done, the handcuffs come on. Exactly. Like my brother, he's a junior in college right now. I tell him like, man, enjoy it. Cause once it's over, like you either going back to school or you're going into the real world. So you got to make some decisions. And then my baby brother, he's going to Penn state to play football. So I'm telling him, man, you just got to relish every moment and just and just soak it all in because you won't get that back. Oh, yeah. And it looks like I mean, like I follow him on Twitter and Instagram. It looks like he's really enjoying like every aspect of the recruiting process and stuff. Didn't he just go to Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah. He played in the All-American game out there. Wow. See, that's like that's some of those opportunities I think that sports bring about that not a lot of people get to do where you get to travel and really just do things that that not every average American gets to do. Like when I think about all of the cities I've been to, I've been to every major city in North America except for whatever major cities in Maine. So Augusta or what? what anyways, almost every. But I've been to almost every single state, and that's because of the fact that like when I was growing up, I played football and I played basketball, and I was allowed to travel. You know what I mean? Like whether that was with my parents or without my parents, like we were going to different cities, trying different food, like doing all these different things and we're doing it for free essentially like I didn't have any debt coming out of that but now when I want to go do all these things man I gotta go I gotta save save my cash right. my coin so I can at least go do it man like we went to San Diego we even stayed the night after the game like who does that and I mean I don't know I don't know if you guys snuck out but I remember coach coming by at like 9 45 knocking on our door and being like all right, guys, if you guys got on jeans under your sweatpants, I'm not saying anything. And we were like, uh, and then once that happened, and this was like when Uber was still like new, me, Blake, and uh, who else went with us? Zach Dyer and Rob all went out on, on the town in San Diego. And like, just in the night, we like, shoot, we don't have practice tomorrow. <laughs> I wish I had the call. I would have been right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's my bad, man. We were trying to be sneaky so quick. Right, I would have told somebody the old line would have seen me and been like, "Come on, right about oh shit, my bad." <laughs> <laughs> they were they're a bunch of sticklers. That's a damn sure. Uh, Charles, man, you know I love you. This was easily one of my favorite podcast episodes to record. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. 
for being so open about your journey to UF, talking a little bit about Stetson and all the fun that we had, bringing some memories back for me. Um, and also, I mean, just talking about your life, man. I think one thing that's super valuable about the Millennial Way and also the Rolling Up podcast is that it gives all of our followers, everybody that's listening today, insight to our life and all of the fun stuff that we get to do and the fact that we are humans, you know? We may be doing all of these fantastic things out in the world today, but at the end of the day, like, I put my socks on the same way as everybody else, unless you go right foot first, I go left foot first. I put my pants on, you know what I mean? Like we all, yeah. we all do the same basic human things. And I think that that's really important. So, man, I can't thank you enough. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You know it, you know it, my bro. So if there's one thing that I got to leave the people with, it's the fact that on Wednesdays, keep winning on winning Wednesdays and right. tune into the rolling up podcast. Um, you can find it on Twitter at Rolling Up Pod. You can find it on IG at Rolling Up Podcast. Again, that's on IG at Rolling Up Podcast. That will all be in the show notes again. But guys, let's go get this bread. Let's win the day. And everybody, please make sure to tune into Charles's podcast, especially if you're a, a big music fan and you're big into culture and just loved hearing this interview today. Go check him out because this guy, this guy, he's got a lot, a lot of great things coming and you'll be hearing a lot more from him in the future. So um, again, thank you, Charles. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to follow our blog at itsmillennialtalk.com. Follow us on social media at underscore millennial way on Instagram and Twitter. 